This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So, women's quarterfinals day is done and dusted, and it has been really good, hasn't it, Catherine Whitaker? We're here on the broadcast roof here at Wimbledon. This is the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and sponsored by Amazon Prime UK, the new home of the US Open from next month. And I'll tell you what, Catherine, there's going to be some stories going when that comes around. There are some stories here at Wimbledon this week. I mean, today has just been full of them. Let's start on court. It began with Angelique Kerber against Daria Kasatkina, and it was everything and more, wasn't it? It's just a shame it was two sets and not three sets, but it was probably my favourite match of the week so far. Yeah, it didn't disappoint. The only thing that disappointed about that match and about today in general, I think, is that it didn't go to three sets and it so easily so easily could. Kerber had the break, what was it, three times in the end in that second set and mm. Kazakina kept on pegging her back and had it gone to a third, I think Kazakina might have been the favourite because yeah. she grows into a match as it goes along and I, and I think Kerber probably knew that and knew the importance of getting it done in that second set that second set of that match was as thrilling as tennis gets yeah I, I mean, think if you if you go through the match it started with her coming from behind there were uh, twice Kerber had points for a 5-1 lead in that first set does Kazakina ever win the first set well, of a match <laughs> this is this is the thing and, and I, what I was going to come on to I'll say it now is that I felt as though it was it was a classic young player on the centre court basically producing her best stuff when she's behind because that happens a lot doesn't it and and you're watching it and the best tennis of the match the most memorable tennis of the match was being played by the Russian and yet she lost in straight sets uh, because it, the same thing then happened exactly the same in the second set she went to break down then managed to get it back on serve and then towards the end of that second set seven match points before Kerber eventually won it and the single game that she actually won it in was I mean that that was a a highlight reel on its own 
Yeah, and I and I think you know, not. I don't want to bring everything back to scheduling. We will be talking positively, I think, David, about scheduling later on so. in this episode. Um, but I think it, it's an example of of how significant it can be to have centre court billing because suddenly everybody knows who don't we've always known well not always you know she's only about 14 but we've <laughs> known for a long time about Daria Kazakina and been banging on about her and, and been excited about her and now suddenly everyone understands why we've been yeah. banging on about her and, and you know it, it's so important even though she's only what the the 14th seed something like that yeah. 16th seed you know it's not like she's an absolute nobody that's come from nowhere but to a lot of the Wimbledon watching public she will be but no longer because yeah. she's played the headline well, not quite the headline match of the day. There's obviously Serena, but one of the headline matches the of the day under under the biggest spotlight. Yeah, and people will remember her and remember her name. And she's no longer a oh, who's this girl that's come from nowhere to yes. reach the quarterfinals? And how do you pronounce her name? Which I have to say, I'm still well, trying to work Courtney out. Courtney Nguyen, who was on the Five Live coverage today, and I thought was brilliant on it as as well to bring a bit of sort of. WTA, somebody that's covering women's tennis year-round, bit of that perspective um, to the coverage, and she was saying Kazatkina. Oh no! I know. I mean, I'm sure it's right. I'm it's sure just, it's right. How do I undo all that in I've, over the? We've all just coped with Denis Shapovalov, and it's it's too much too soon. It's too late, Courtney. I'm sorry. We're but two uh, years in. But she is a dasher as well, isn't she? Oh, I believe. Stop it! But then there's then there's the the dodgy territory of whether that's a nickname you know like Kiki Mladenovic Sasha Zverev yeah Yeah, it's all that territory Uh, again but she did walk away whatever you call her Kasatkina or whatever it is uh, she walked away I reckon with probably 10,000 new fans that were watching inside that centre court and the rest on the telly absolutely many more on the telly but I do feel that those inside the stadium certain players just have a way of uplifting you the way they play the sport the way they react to playing the sport and and it, the same thing happens when we watch uh Sitsipas and Shapovalov and you know I sometimes get accused of of giving too much credit to a guy like Shapovalov too early but it's only because it's the effect it's he has the way on they when, make when you he plays the way they make you feel when they're yeah. playing they make you care they make you interested they they engage you instantly and it, it's largely about the tennis but it is undeniably also about something something more than that she's gnarly Daria Kazakina you know there was some what does that mean gnarly we've been over this before I still don't understand it just it. means sort of cool and hard right okay it's a Catherine you know, Whitaker is no nonsense I like and it just yeah gnarly right okay am I gnarly I think it's a word that you know did you ever have like a skateboarding computer game when you were younger and like the commentator would shout far out gnarly <laughs> okay am I right. that or no. Um, everyone can be gnarly on occasion, David. You're trying really hard to be <laughs> diplomatic by saying, without saying yes. Anyway, she's so, gnarly, she's cool, gnarly she's Daria. never boring, never yeah. ever boring. Can and I just say as well... But Kerber won. <laughs> uh, she did win. We'll get on to Kerber and big her up in a second. But just to say on Kasatkina as well, the other person she reminded me of is a very young Andy Murray out there. And they're just... Uh, the way she plays, and I know game. Andy Murray's a big fan of hers. Yeah. Um, he was on telly today. He was on telly today, having a chat. He with was Tim really and good, Sue. wasn't he? It was like he's sort of always on the telly, it was just like having he was, a chat. It was like he was on the tennis podcast, having a. In fact, Andy, tell you what, Andy, you'd love the tennis podcast. You, get yourself up to the broadcast room. We we don't pay quite as much. <laughs> in fact, nothing. But you know, come and have a chat. Anyway, he, he was fascinating, wasn't he? I yes. mean, we won't just recount for you everything that Andy Murray just said on the telly because you can get it on BBC iPlayer 
Okay, and I'm sure it will be transcribed and in all of your papers tomorrow because everything Andy Murray says is newsworthy. What was the biggest takeaway for you? Um... The stuff he had to say about Serena was brilliant. The the the, the stuff he had to say about his progress personally, I, I missed the very start. But you reported to me that he'd said how different he feels training on hard courts because the, yes. the, he feels so much surer of his footing. Yeah. There's not as much give in the surface and. So that makes sense to me I think of hard courts as being the most punishing on the body and on the joints but I do understand what he's saying mm. there. I, he, I guess he feels like he trusts his he looks quite excited about it he, all. he did he did can I tell you what was the, bit, the biggest was, thing for me I, we, well, I know we're going to say the same thing go on, man. it's that Djokovic can beat Rafa and Roger isn't it back to back yeah, back it to is. back it yeah. is. And, I, and I share the I share the view having seen Djokovic last night I mean look the one thing I would say is there have been a few false dawns with Djokovic and we've got sort of pumped about his reactions and his tennis over the last six months but watching him last night get just dealing with the full onslaught of Karen Hatchinov's power and doing it with ease was really something to behold and, and you know if, if anybody I mean it, the, the script is that Roger's going to play Rafa in the final ten years on this guy could beat them back to back. The script, though, wasn't that Roger would play Kevin Anderson on court number one in the no. quarterfinals. No, though, was we, it? we will get back to Angelique Kevin in a minute. <laughs> Sorry, will. Angelique, you have one, and we will give you credit in a minute. But we've just got to deal with this because, yeah, we spoke at length last night about the scheduling, decision making, and and and. And they view. were listening, David. They were. Uh, what well this done, tells us. What this decision tells us is that the Wimbledon Order of Play Committee, Tim Herman included, are clearly tennis podcast listeners. Quite right, too, is all I can say. Uh, but it, I found that really pleasing because yeah. this morning I, I decided to do some uh, some research into the years gone by of scheduling because somebody had made the point to me on social media that we were completely missing the, the point of this argument, that it's not about favouritism, it's about making sure that the two players that are going to face each other in the semi-finals play at the same time on court one and court on centre court so that neither one has an advantage in terms of rest time before the semi-finals and I looked back over the last seven or eight years and sure enough every single year it had been done in that way however I did find last year when Venus Williams and Johanna Conta both won through they both played on centre court one after another and then met in the semi-finals so that showed that there was at least a precedent albeit on the women's side uh, of them doing it this way and but I still didn't think that that would happen I thought maybe the best of five sets would be used as a, as a point of reference but, there but I'm just really pleased that Wimbledon have looked at it and said yes it is right that Djokovic plays Nishikori and that Federer plays on court one they've done the fairest thing and uh, I realise that what you're describing with the scheduling in, in the past the decisions they've made have been a nod to fairness but that would have been a nod to, to one small amount of fairness which I don't think is a significant factor when, when there is an off day involved yeah. it's not like the old Super Saturday that used to have at the US mm. Open which was looking back it's like smoking in cinemas isn't it you wonder how on earth that was ever a thing <laughs> that they made the men play the yeah. semis on the Saturday and come back and play the final on the Sunday Andre Agassi once complained about uh, smoking in uh, cinemas and smoking on planes he was reminding me of when that How once happened How was that ever a thing smoking on actual aeroplanes I know I know he Excuse was 
extraordinary. Do you know how he came to complain about that? It was because uh, we were at a tournament in Basel in Switzerland in 1998, and uh, they were smoking in the press room, and he was like, I'm not coming into a press conference if this is going on. Fair enough. Anyway, we digress. Anyway, <laughs> anyway th- that would have been sort of a... a um, a nod to a, a small fairness at the loss of a, a greater fairness and they've gone with it they've made absolutely the right decision for me and I asked yes. um, my brother about it who is lucky enough to have tickets tomorrow he's coming with my dad uh, who is as you know a big big Roger Federer fan he's not one of those sort of you know when I use the word fan I always sort of um, shudder a little bit because that suggests to me like you know slightly strange irrational person I don't quite understand fandom I understand liking people but uh, fandom uh, is this world of sort of irrational yeah football's a little bit different though isn't is it? it anyway I'm tying myself home. in knots here it's anyway. coming home uh, it might be a late podcast so tomorrow night you, by the way uh, does anyway does have a logoed tent he doesn't have a logo no. tent, but he is absolutely fine with the fact that he's not going to see Roger Federer against Kevin Anderson tomorrow. And he's right. he's paid for his ticket. You know, he's a, he's a proper ticket-buying member of the public that is a Roger Federer fan and in most circumstances would probably be a little bit disappointed not to see Roger Federer. But A, there are never any guarantees that you're going to see Roger Federer. All this sort of talk of... You know, these people that want to have this religious experience of watching Roger Federer on centre court, what if he'd lost in the second round? Yes, well, of course, I mean, that, that's you know, possible. But anyway, I, I did anyway, discover, he's actually, good with it. That they, I was trying to work out how the, those certain Roger Federer fans that, that, that are always there in the same seats, how they did it. And it turns out they do queue all fortnight long or as long as they can tonight is the, the last night actually we, that was one thing we did get slightly wrong there they, you can queue up for tomorrow and then that's it basically so quarterfinals yeah, are the last quarterfinals stage is the last one. I'm sure it always used to be um, that the Monday was the last one you could queue for maybe they've extended so. that a I, bit uh, anyway they, they can oh, queue and so, anyway. so what they do is that the, the, the seats out to our left as we look out from our commentary box are where you get in from the queue and they basically queue the up seats. watch the match and then go straight back in the queue, and it is for basically 48 hours, and then they go and do it all over again. I mean, Like you can, in 1997. Yes, except they get to see <laughs> they a get match. to watch tennis. But I mean, I, I, know, I know it's... I mean, it seems a bit extreme to me, but at the same time, fair play to them. I mean, if that if that means that much to them, good, good on them for putting themselves through it, is all I can say. Um, so, yeah... We're really chuffed, I think, with that particular We decision. are. We are. It's the right decision. And, uh, yeah, that's what you'll be seeing on Centre Court tomorrow. It's Djokovic Nishikori first and uh, it's Del Potro Rafa second. Del Potro, incidentally, won through in a four-set tie-break today. He will yeah. be very pleased not to have had to uh, play a fifth set against Gilles Simon. Back to the women's quarterfinals, David. Can we talk David? about just Angelique Kerber very yes. quickly? Because as wonderful as the variety and the shot making and the imagination of Dana Kasatkina was I, she, I mean if the word gnarly can't be used for Angelique Kerber then I don't know who it can be because to me she embodies that somebody who alright come on throw me everything you've got at me I am not going anywhere I'm going to stand up to the lot you will have to knock me into the ground if you want to beat me and that's what got her to world number one that's what won her two Grand Slam titles and that Angelique Kerber is back and that Angelique Kerber for me is the favourite for the title now I stand by what I said yesterday which is I I thought the winner of that Kerber-Kazakina match would would become my favourite for the title who did she play? 
Uh, Kerber plays Ostapenko. Oh, I know, I know. Ostapenko four and five over Dominika Sobolkova today. She win. was, I think, a breakdown at the start of the first. But from that point on, it was, it was competitive. But it was always Ostapenko, um, and uh, it's a big win. And then the, after having said, you know, how decimated and. And uh, and barren the women's draw had become. We've actually ended up with three Grand Slam winners out yes. of our four semi-finalists. I, ju- I just think that on paper you, you you only you can only hope that they produce their best. But an Ostapenka who is capable of hitting winners from anywhere up against a woman who is just like this impregnable wall at the it's other end. Wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, please be a two and a half hour. Yeah, please. please, please be three <laughs> sets and be everything we want it to be. Look, I think ostapenko has got a really good chance. Ostapenko has a really good chance in every single match that she plays because yeah. she can hit anybody off the court. I just think, yeah, I just, I just think Kerber's playing the best tennis. Well, I, is she? I mean, is she playing better tennis than Serena Williams right now? Yeah. She is. I'm not. Well, you you thought Serena was brilliant today. I thought three she sets was, to I beat thought, Camilla Georgie. I thought Georgie was really really good. Georgie really was really good. good. And I just feel yeah. like I th- we we she had, allowed to be had, really good. I think we had Billie Jean King on today. You think uh, you did? You don't? What? No, we we did have Billie Jean King on today on Five Live, and it was lovely. It might not have been memorable for you, but it's memorable for my mum. She who texted amazing. me saying it was the most uplifting thing she'd I know, ever heard. Honestly, you hear Billie buzzing. Jean King for ten minutes, and you want to go out for a run. <laughs> <laughs> Even I do. <laughs> and anyway, she, uh, she, you can't. Well, you, you kind of want to just sort of, you know, being there when you wake up in the morning, just to tell you what your day should be like, and you'd be like, yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't care what I did last night. I've, I've got a hangover, but fine, let's go. Uh, but no, Billie Jean King. I think what she was saying was that you get. Serena Williams into the quarterfinals of a slam and you are dealing with a completely different tennis yes. player. You were dealing with a champion at that point and she will take some stop in here, I'm telling you. I agree with that and I'm I think she'll make her. the final. I, I covered Yulia Gerges' match uh, today against Kiki Burton's um, and a slightly wobbly first set but was very impressed with her but I, I think Serena will will win through in that, in that semi-final uh, and I think... Probably well, I've said it. I have no. So I'm picking a Serena Kerber final. I think it will be great. But it was pretty close a couple of years ago, and Serena's getting better with every match, and she's very, very good. She's not yet as good as she was a couple of years ago, but I think Kerber is. Mm. I think Kerber is. I tell you, I, I'm just excited about the prospects of all these matches. That they, they really are going well. I mean, whether. It, there weren't any. There was the one three-set match with Georgie and Serena Williams and, I mean, G- and Gerges uh, Burton. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I, I just thought I thought Georgie played so well early on, and I think it. Sh- I think it slightly shocked Serena how hard this woman was hitting the ball, and she actually started. I noticed there was a, a couple of bits of body language from Serena, which were like, "All right, then, you want to hit. You want to try and hit the ball hard at me. Let's let's have it then." One thing we haven't discussed, didn't get a chance to discuss yesterday, David, was Georgie's comments about how she doesn't follow tennis. Uh, they were hilarious. <laughs> I mean, she, she, she said them with a totally straight face. They weren't intended to be hilarious. The, the gist she of said, what she said, I don't said. follow tennis. I don't follow women's tennis. I, I'm only interested sort of in my matches and that's it. <laughs> I know. I mean, nobody knows and the if, woman, do they? It, it, 
yeah, no, nobody does. We were she talking is, to Laura Robson about she's it. She's an enigma. I said, is she a loner? I mean, because her and her dad always strike me as loners. And Laura was trying really hard to be diplomatic and not say anything out of place. And I can understand why. But uh, I do get the sense that, that but, there's but, probably nobody that knows uh, uh, Camilla George well, at all. She was banned by her own federation, wasn't she, last year? I know the ban was overturned after about three months. She was banned and fined by the Italian Federation for refusing a Fed Cup call-up. And for that three or four months that the ban stood, she was prohibited from playing tennis on any Italian Federation courts in wow. Italy, which is the vast majority of public courts. So she basically was not legally allowed to play tennis. Or she couldn't just rock up and play tennis on a, on a court in Italy. I don't know what that was all about. Um, and there's been all sorts of you know accusations of uh, financial stuff involving her dad in the past I think and and Marion Bartley which they've denied absolutely um and Marion Bartley had a, a few things to say about coughing yes Cough, the coughing of and Sergio George she also came up with a great line in commentary she she said that when we played uh, uh let's just say the handshake wasn't the best between the two of us and she said yes she she was off and running off and and it's probably a good job she did because I'm from Corsica and we have warm blood there. Oh well, Georgie was straight off after this one as well, wasn't she? <laughs> Didn't hang around yes. on court as his customary. Yeah, no, I, I, no messing. Tell you what, though, some people. I mean, I know Billie Jean King had her head in her hands when she heard that clip of Camilla Georgie, and I know that Courtney did, who works at the WTA. It is kind of like you know, come on, help us sell the sport for goodness sake. Sorry to my mind that is selling the sport right there she didn't say i don't follow tennis because tennis is crap or because you know i don't like women's tennis i prefer men's tennis i got the impression she didn't follow tennis because she's just sort of all about her and because she's a loner and uh, and you know is it not not, oh i would follow tennis if it was you know a bit better the enigma of it all though is what sells her the the fact that she doesn't give a stuff who she upsets i love that no, well, you've got to wonder what she'll do when she retires. Well, look, there's Boris Becker. There is Boris Becker. It's hard not to spot Boris Becker, no. isn't it? Wherever he is, there's a shock of white blonde hair. Yes, and people following him about. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. 
being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. What else have we got to talk about? Well, who do you, th- after I've firmly stuck my neck on the line in a, in a no way back... <laughs> kind of a way what do you think is happening in the well, women's semi-finals I, I do think it will be Serena against uh, Kerber eventually but I, th- I think then, Serena will win I do right. um, I right, think right, she right. I just she just feels like this force and I don't I don't think there's anything that's going to stop her right now so it's but be wouldn't you have said that Australian Open 2016 probably yeah no, look, I'm, I don't. I say it with that in mind, and and not the sort of conviction, perhaps, uh, as Kiki Perkins was. She, well. she looks. That, she doesn't look too devastated, does she? She's she well. I tell you what, wouldn't you just like to be mates with Kiki Burtons? I, I don't. I don't know her at all. <laughs> she just looks really nice. <laughs> she looks. Well, she looks gnarly as well. Although she did, I was a little bit disappointed in her today. She, mm. her right arm got so stiff, you could see it. You know, from the court one commentary box, where you're right there, I could see her right arm sort of been glued in position and she was all cramped up on the forehand side and I felt for a little bit and uh, you know she'd been the underdog in her previous two matches against Venus against Plushkova and I think it sort of maybe she expected herself to win today yes. and that put a slightly different, different dynamic on it, it for her but in, in my research of that match I found some really interesting quotes from her that she gave to Dutch tennis magazine about how miserable she was last year on tour yeah and how she considered giving up several times which considering it was at the French Open two years ago that she hit her her greatest heights to date reached the semi-final lost to to Serena Williams and she had a decent year last year as well but she said she was just miserable and actually her happiness doesn't necessarily correlate with how well she's playing on the court she said she feels completely differently about it this year she feels she feels good she's found a way to to be happy I think she's made some changes in her life to make that the case but she said she wouldn't hesitate to consider giving up again if she weren't happy well it doesn't automatically correlate does it um, success or life on tour with 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 happiness it doesn't work for everybody and uh, yeah I, I can imagine that I can imagine somebody like Kiki Burton's being a very well balanced person who who has other interests and other in you know other sources of enjoyment in her life yeah tennis player in three-dimensional human being shocker again <laughs> not for the first time this fortnight yes the final sits passes are our first yeah that's right um, what are you doing on your phone I'm, that I'm you've got a f- weird sort of iPhone phone microphone situation 
kitchen going on here which is not elegant can i help you with something yeah well you can tell me you can tell me how jamie murray's getting on in the dubs oh yes what i wanted to do is i wanted to just mention before we look ahead to tomorrow i wanted to mention a match that we didn't get a chance to cover last night because frankly went on into the 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 early hours it felt like and i was a bit tired uh so that was victoria azarenka and jamie murray in the mixed doubles coming back for 5-1 down in the third set to win 7-5 on Senecor and it just sounded like it was so uplifting and it wasn't watched by brother Andy because he switched off at the end of the second set I know he said he was too stressed so he went to bed (laughs) too stressed and was convinced that he was jinxing Jamie so decided to switch off and go to bed and he missed the heroic comeback Uh, in the men's doubles Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez are 6-5 15 all in the first set against Raven Clarsen and Michael Venus those updates are no tell you what they would so desperately love to win Wimbledon wouldn't they they've got a couple of slams they haven't let's be honest David had the best 12 maybe even 18 months Mm. you'd say they've won one title this year I think in Acapulco finalists in Queens and you know that's, that's not shabby but they they've been disappointed no, with their results they could here do with it. And, they're, and they're such great guys aren't they it would be nice to see them do well it would and Suarez is an honorary Brit yes let's face it um, also Inglot Skugel in action oh, David oh your good mate Victor <laughs> stroke Franco um, they walked past me yesterday and I chuckled to myself and they must have thought I was a mad woman. Yes, well, it's just, just, I'll say nothing. Just uh, walking along and laughing. So the British uh, they are 6 3 3 2 up over mm. Robin Haas and Robert Lindstedt. Okay, so uh, tomorrow night's the England against Croatia match. Goran yeah. has apparently been saying that all English people are arrogant. Uh, so what? he's been hitting out uh, at us Who's talking about it coming to? home. BBC. Um, so that's happened. Now, these matches tomorrow, then, what do we think? What do we think is going to happen? Any shocks? Because I think that, aside from all the scheduling stuff, if ever Kevin Anderson <laughs> is going to discomfort Roger Federer, it's now. That's the thing, one. it's not just about egos, is it, where you're scheduled? It's not just about spotlight. It's also about. It's just different, isn't it? The, yes. the grass is different, as I understand it, and it plays differently. The, you know, Federer. He's not used to it. No, he, he's, look, he's not used to. He's, last he's time was three always one hundred percent, completely in his comfort zone. Knows exactly what to expect when he steps onto court. And he's going to. I know he's played on there in the past, but it is going to feel just a little bit different, a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit like he's wearing someone else's shoes for a while. He might hear the roars from centre court and think, "Oh, I want to be over there." <laughs> um, and it definitely. Think I think. That. Look. I think Roger Federer is probably going to win in straight sets, but it definitely gives Kevin Anderson a five minimum 5% boost I to think, his chances. I think Anderson wins a set tomorrow. I Ooh. do. So we'll see. Um, and uh, the, the other thing is, I mean, talking about what it's like over there, Djokovic has said he doesn't like it. He, he, yeah. lost, he lost to Sam Querrey over there. He, went, he had to go five sets with Marin Cilic the year that he won the title here. He... He got uh, he got beaten last year, albeit he had the the elbow problem. But he lost to Thomas Burdick, who, who, having pulled out. There. Was that match when he got taken to five by Kevin Anderson three years ago? Was that on court number one? Oh, of course, because that was, was over yes. two days, I wasn't forgot it? That. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're quite right. That was court number one as well. Yes. So yeah, no, it, it's it's different. And and I mean, from what I read, I I, I, I don't have this as 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 actual information from him, but I I read that he had requested sent to court now I suppose I kind of assume that everybody's requesting. do you think Federer even bothers requesting anymore do you think he just has a standing order (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd like to play in the final and win it, please. And I'd like to uh, play all my matches up until that point on centre court, if yes, possible. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just. I'm, I'm really quite enthused by the fact that that decision has been made. I am too. It means. Because I'm, I'm sure the default would have been for that to. for Djokovic and Nishikori to go on court one. It means. It hints at a little bit of flexibility, I think, and a little bit and of some consideration. Some exactly some introspection and some consideration for for outside forces. So yeah. I think that can only be a positive thing. I hope they are susceptible to the same introspection on the gender equality scheduling mm. issue as well, which I know Billie Jean King spoke about yeah, with you this morning very did. powerfully. I think that Djokovic is going to win in an epic. Okay. Because I think Nishikori's playing brilliantly at the moment. I don't think it's going to be that close. You know, because, because from what I understand, Nishikori hurt his arm in the previous round oh. against Gorbis, and Gorbis was Can playing that on one guy leg. Not catch a break physically. I mean, look, it, maybe it was just stiffness with because it was a long match. Maybe yeah. maybe you'll be fine now. But yeah, I have to say, I watched the highlights of it afterwards, having only really watched the scoreboard at the stage that we talked about that Gorbis Nishikori match on the pod, and I realised that uh, Gorbis left the court to have his leg mummified midway through the match <laughs> yeah I, I, I really do feel that Djokovic and he has we, we tend to remember most vividly that semi-final of the play that the US Open that Nishikori won and was spectacular in but actually if you look back at their results Djokovic has handled him easily alright you've convinced me Djokovic in four Three. and then Nadal Delpo um, uh. I think Nadal in four Murray was talking wasn't he Andy Murray about how much the conditions, the hot weather, the fact that it's hardened up the courts, how much that suits Rafa, it's higher yes. bouncing, it's kinder on his knees, but then that applies yeah. to six foot six into Del- Delpo's but Rafa in four. Delpo had a tough old time getting past Simon today. Um, he, he did. You know, the, and apparently he had the doctor out last he, night he gets at the end. a slow end start of... tomorrow, I think. I think that's the problem. I think Nadal just jumps on him. Um, yeah. So I, I'd probably go probably go straight sets for both those matches. I think so that, you think the only one that's not. Hang on, we haven't even addressed Isna Baranich, which we will do momentarily. But you think the only one that's not going to be a straight set is Federer yeah. Anderson? After big enough how they've <laughs> got to put the best matches over yeah. on Senegal, I think they're both going to be straight sets walkovers. So is Isna Baranich going to be the epic that yes. we all are dreaming of? We're still going to be here next week with that match. Four tie breaks you. and a 70-68? I, mean, I think Andy Murray actually said there's been something like seven out of nine sets had gone to tie breaks between the two of them. I mean, I think that's going all the way. Who's Federer wins in four. I'd, I'd go for Raonic, I think. I think I'd go for Raonic. So we've got Raonic, Federer, and we've got Rafa Djokovic. I'll yep. take that. Is that what you think it'll be as well? Or? Yes. Okay, right. Just. Well, we have been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and sponsored by Amazon Prime, the home of the US Open in the UK from next month. We'll be there. Can't wait for that. And we are, of course, executive produced by Melanie Bowes, the greatest predictor on earth. Uh, Tennisballs.com, Triple S. We have our sponsors, La Manga Club and Tennis Podcastaways, if you'd like to enter and win a little holiday. And, of course, Charlie the Ferret is our mascot, and we will be back in force tomorrow. See you then. 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.